Let me get dressed first, jeez. Okay, man. Welcome to Callcast episode 10. Wow. This continues to prove to be a really interesting outlet for me, so I'm going to keep doing it. To start us off for today, I do have somewhat of a little story to tell. I'm laying on my bed, taking a little nap. As you do, I can hear the upstairs neighbor right above me. So I'm laying here on my stomach, and all of a sudden I hear this loud snap. And I don't know what it is, but it scared the K-Rap out of me. I thought it was the start. My first thought was, oh, it's the start to a fire. There's a fire happening. And then there was silence, and I sat there, laid there. Listening, and then I hear the upstairs neighbor start moving around again, and then I thought, oh, I feel like maybe he hit the ground with something just to maybe get back at me. I don't know. Maybe he's guessing that he knows I'm trying to take a nap. (laughs) I don't know. These paranoid thoughts came into my mind. And I'm laying on my stomach. I don't have my glasses on. I look up at the ceiling, and it's, it's blank. It's still white. No holes in it. I was like, okay, okay. I'm okay, so, alright. Five, ten minutes later, I turn over onto my back, and right next to the wall, like, not the ceiling, but the wall, so from where I was laying, if I looked around my right shoulder like this, I wouldn't have been able to see the wall, because it would have been, like, behind me. And I see something new on my ceiling. I realize I don't have my glasses on, but my first thought is that, oh, that's a big spider. Holy cow. I'm going to have to deal with the spider right now. That's what I was thinking. I put my glasses on. I look, and it's a hole in my ceiling. And it made sense that the sound that I heard would have been a 22 rifle. Because I was trying to place it. It sounded like a belt buckle hit a hardwood floor. It was so loud. So I shot up out of my bed, my heart's racing, I examine the hole, and I realize that there's two holes. The bullet came through my ceiling and went into my wall, so there's two holes. And there's drywall all over my bed still. So I went back to sleep, because that's the natural response to almost getting shot. (laughs) I mean, seriously, two feet over... And if it would have been angled differently, it would have hit me. Okay, so I'm not saying that I almost got shot, but this is the closest I've ever been to getting shot. I was on the receiving end, and I can name five, six mass shootings that have happened in our country in the last two weeks. And so for this to happen right after is just really nerve-wracking, and I can feel my, uh, my opinions on guns growing a little bit firmer. And a 22 may not have killed me had it hit me. As far as I know, 22s really hurt, but me, I'm built like an ox, so I don't know that it would have totally wiped me out. And it makes sense that it didn't go all the way through that second wall, just because it is a 22, so it's not really going to have that much damage to offer. But for the next 30 minutes, I heard, like, light scraping and, and like, pounding or tapping up there, so I almost feel like the upstairs neighbor was, like making the hole go away on his part, whereas on my part, it's still there. So, I called the cops. I called the police. They came over. We had some tea, played Monopoly. Now I brought them into my room. They, I showed them the holes. They made sure it didn't go through on the other side of the bathroom. And then they went upstairs and they talked to them. 
and I don't know what's going to come of it. I'm going to go talk to the property manager tomorrow and tell him there's two big holes in my apartment now that I did not do. I have no part in. And it's so scary because I also have a firearm that uh, I've been afraid for the year that I've had it. This same thing would happen but from me to one of the neighbors. And to have it happen to me is... is um, Unexpected. I think it was definitely unintentional. It was probably an accident. Uh, he was probably cleaning his gun. I once was living with a guy who was cleaning his twenty-two rifle, shot it through the wall, and almost hit his own brother. It was like two feet from his brother. So this was almost the same exact scenario, but I ain't your brother. So. When I saw that it was a hole, and then I connected the sound to the hole, I was... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The, like, that came out of me was was very genuine. I was not acting. There were no cameras. It was completely, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a gunshot. Oh, that could have been so much worse, but I'm glad it wasn't. So, it's just an interesting progression of me realizing that it was a bullet. Out of, out of all the thoughts, the amount of minutes that passed before I realized that it was. There's this other story that came to mind throughout this day of another kind of extreme situation where I realized late the severity of the situation I was in. So last year, I'm working for the state of Oregon. My job during the pandemic was to provide gloves, masks, gowns to all of Oregon. Businesses, schools, all of it. I don't think anybody else was doing that in the pandemic, so it was just me and my team. I get out of work. With my boss, we're both walking to our cars. We have some general rapport, and we're just chit-chatting. He says something about my car. He compliments something. Oh, it was the uh, remote start. I started my car, and he was like, oh, I'm jealous of that. You know, we laughed. I realized as I was pulling away that he stayed there. He must have been looking at his phone or something, and I drove away. I drove a mile down to the light, which I'm now going to turn left. There's two lanes. I'm going to turn left and then get over, and that's the highway. The smartest idea if you want to get on the highway in these two left lanes is to be in the far right left lane. Uh, hopefully you can picture that if you're listening to this podcast, but you make the left turn, you get right over into the lane. So I do the smart thing. As I'm making the left turn, I notice this car just, like, flying next to me, making the same left turn in the left left lane. And then he flies over after the left turn. He makes, he flies over two lanes of traffic right in front of me. So I flip him the bird, and, and I can see that he sees it in his mirror. I can see him look in his mirror, and he sees me flip the bird. We go up to this second light that is right before the highway. We sit right next to each other, and I don't look over at him because I'm mad. I don't engage him and shout and yell at him. I just look forward because what I'm planning on doing is when his light turns green because the the, the light system goes far right lane can go, middle lane can go, far left lane can go is green, you merge onto the highway. So what I'm planning to do is when his light turns green before mine, I'm going to go in front of him. I'm going to cut him off. That's my plan. That's why I don't engage with him. Light, His light turns green. I floor it. He's right behind me. We get on the highway. I merge over to the far left, kind of the fast lane, right in front of him. <laughs> And then I just go on my way and I like get away from all the traffic and I just go pretty dang fast. Ten minutes later, 
on the highway as I'm driving back now in the middle lane. I'm just like cruising. Nobody is intense around me or anything. I think to myself, was that my boss? (laughs) No, it couldn't have been because I don't know cars very well. So I didn't, I didn't even connect that his car was the same one that cut me off that I flipped off and then, you know, cut off in return. Lo and behold, it was my boss. Luckily, he was cool about it. I brought him a coffee in the morning and we laughed about it and told the rest of the staff. But dude, the the amount of ways that that could have gone. I could have been fired, probably. But again, that is one of those stories that the late realization just kills me. Why didn't I realize it like in the moment? Or like here, why didn't I realize that that was a bullet like right away instead of 15 minutes later? I don't know. Some situations I've put myself in have played out like that, where my realization to the severity of the situation comes very late. It's like this one time, my buddy had this Rottweiler, and I go and I pet this Rottweiler, and right as I put my hand on its back, it looks at me like... And I didn't interpret that look correctly, so I put my hand back on the dog... (laughs) Right as I do, it goes, my arm now has holes in it, it's bleeding, people are crying. Not me, obviously. But I just didn't even click that the dog was actually saying what I thought he might have been saying. Which is, no, you don't get to touch me. Your buddy can, but you don't get to. Dogs can be hard to read. There was another time that I was probably five or six years old, and I was just taking a morning walk around the cul-de-sac. As I get around to the neighbor that's across from my house, so I do the whole loop, his massive St. Bernard is sitting in the front yard tied to a tree, and that's not normal. That that, that wasn't usual. Usually it was in the backyard. I walk up to the St. Bernard, and and, and we had a rapport, so I just go, hey, 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 and I try to put my hand on top of its head. All of a sudden, its mouth goes, whoa, and it... And my hand went in its mouth. Like, it engulfed my hand. I had bite marks on my wrists. Sorry, my wrist. Come to find out, that dog had just gotten its shots that morning, so it was super grumpy. I don't know why it was out in the front yard tied to a tree. And one of the other neighbor kids had been slamming its bike up to the backyard fence and, like, terrorizing the dog, so I didn't know that. And I was not one of the... Those kids doing that, so it didn't need to bite me, but it felt like it needed to, and I don't, I, I'll forgive it at some point. While we're on the topic of dogs being bitten, my earliest memory at all on this earth is my grandma, my bubby's little uh, toy poodle, lunging at my face when I was like three years old. I swear it's my first memory. That dog I was terrorizing. I was backing it into a corner. I was like three years old. I was on the floor and it was on the couch. And I was like, ah. And the dog went, bop. And just like bit me in the face. And that's my first memory of uh, of coming into existence. It jump started me. And it dropped my IQ by 19 points. <laughs> you guys ever used the wrong gender bathroom? I have. Let me tell you. <laughs> There was one time in Upward Basketball, which is a whole organization nationally and I think internationally as well. I know it to be true. We're just getting done with a bunch of games. And this is important to the story. My dad is wearing a red and black jacket. I go to the bathroom without anybody 
I think it would have been normal to go with somebody, some sort of supervision, but uh, no. Instead, I walk into the bathroom, I start using the stall. As I'm in there, somebody walks in with a red and black jacket. I can see through the little slits. Okay, so you can understand how I mix this up, right? It's a red and black jacket. So to goof off with my dad, I start making throw-up noises, vomit, like... Like that. <laughs> There's no reaction from that person. In fact, they actually like got out of there pretty quickly. Little did I know, they went out there and started telling people, There's somebody super sick in the bathroom. There's a woman throwing up in the bathroom. <laughs> but nobody said anything in that bathroom, so I still thought that it was my dad. And then my dad opens the bathroom door, and I do hear his voice say, Colin, did you read the bathroom sign before you walked in here? <laughs> and I was like, I want to say that I did. I did not. I completely scarred this one woman. Luckily, nobody was at, nobody else was in there at the time. And then there was another time in Brazil. I was at a church congregation. And, um, and a lot of times during church, I would understand that the pastor is coming to an end like he's wrapping up pretty soon so i'm gonna go to the bathroom and like wait it out you know race against the clock at that point so i choose to do that this time and i shouldn't have probably any of the times but this was the last time i did do that i walk into the bathroom start using the stall two teenage girls walk in (laughs) and they're just talking like everything's normal and i'm going oh no I could have gotten away with it. In fact, I was like, okay, I was already devising my escape plan. They're going to start using stalls or something like that soon. Unfortunately, one of my friends had seen me walk into that bathroom and decided I'm going to go tell him. So my friend pops his head into the bathroom and just shouts, Colin, you're in the wrong bathroom. And everything's silent and I just go, I know. (laughs) And the two girls start going, oh my! And that was when I decided to hang it up. I retired my jersey. No more use in women's bathrooms, okay? It's never served anybody. But yeah, I think those were the only two times that I've ever done that. And the only two times that I will ever do that. I hereby vow. Alright, so those are some stories from my life that I wanted to share on this podcast. I'm glad that I have the opportunity to... Because sometimes during the week, these stories will pop into my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never told this story long form in front of any sort of an audience. And so I think it would be important to either write them down or start um, sharing them. One thing that I wanted to start doing recently actually was um, start writing down every memory. I thought that would be incredibly interesting to see if I even could. To write down every memory that I could possibly conjure up the full detail of it and to see what kind of therapy that would bring me to write down every memory i don't know why but that sounds so interesting to me not that it would ever need to be like published or anything although it could maybe once i'm dead but yeah anyways thank you for listening to those so i have something pretty exciting that my managers and i talked about this week I have been given in an email full instructions on how to submit an application or audition tape to Saturday Night Live. My deadline is July 1st. I have to put together a five-minute video of a bunch of different characters or impressions. 
So I, I really have this whole month to work on it. And I love that I get to have control over my performance in a video as opposed to doing it live performance. I think if I can control and edit it the way that I want it, I might have a fighting chance at getting on SNL. All right. Which would be so mind-boggling to have that become a reality for me. On an episode recently, I talked about my opinion on SNL and the politics and the nature that it's become. And it's very similar to the late-night talk shows that I also talked about, where it's just they became so consumed with politics and they strayed from comedy. If I were to get on that show, my goal would be to somehow... Pull my weight to steer the ship towards comedy. Every single one of my skits and sketches would have nothing of real-world problems, issues, or politics in them. It would be goofy, funny, belligerent, abstract comedy that I really think would benefit the show if they would just allow it to happen. I think that they just lost like six, five or six members of their cast. So that also kind of gives me a chance at just applying to the show, getting seen by the right people, and possibly getting accepted. And I know I understand that it is extremely competitive and cutthroat in SNL, just from writers and cancellations that have happened. There is a lot that I would be worried about entering into that show. And I feel like my time on that show would be short-lived. I actually do think that. But whatever. Just to get my name on that show for a little bit. I mean, dude. That's so incredible. It's so exciting. I cannot wait to show you guys and uh, keep you more updated on that. I don't really even know what I'm going to do yet. I'm just... uh, I will be piecing it together over these next few weeks. So, thoughts and prayers. Um, And I just, I guess I'll close off by saying good for Johnny Depp, good for him. (laughs) I mean, we all knew what the verdict was going to be. There was no chance in my, what? No chance or doubt in my mind that Amber Heard was going to win. I heard that she started to go fund me and go fund me actually shut that down. (laughs) She's refusing spousal care from Johnny to make it seem like, you know, it was not about the money for her. And this is the last time that I'll cover this topic. I'm just kind of putting an end cap onto this episode with it, but it happened this week and good for Johnny Depp, dude, honestly. I think he and Disney might be looking at working together again. I heard that there's a petition out that just hit 3 million signatures for Amber Heard to be replaced by Bruce Campbell in the new Aquaman. (laughs) that to me is absolutely hysterical i don't see it happening but dc is in a pinch dude dc now has to worry about ezra miller and amber heard and about like they're getting a lot of flack for not replacing them but i consider amber heard to be absolutely unemployable and nationally she was she completely embarrassed herself people are not leaving her alone and i think amber heard represents a huge setback for women Because she completely took advantage of the Believe All Women movement. And she actually shined a light for men in these situations who are the ones telling the truth. But that is my episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure and stop by my store, my social media links. And I will catch you guys next Monday. Peace.